when archaeologists dig up these sites, sometimes they find these different pictures and different little clues that give insights into how life was a long time ago. On this episode, we're going to look at the early church and what life was a long time ago. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to this episode of Inverse, where we're looking at the book of Acts in a very special way, looking at the inner uh, life and inner workings of how society was back then, if you will. And uh, we're going to start with a word of prayer. Israel, can you pray for us? Yes. We'll get into the study. Father in heaven, we want to pray like the early church prayed, that you would grant that we would do whatever it takes to follow you in every aspect of our lives. And so as we study this uh, lesson, we pray that your blessing would be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite passages in the book yes. of Acts. Yeah. Let's go to chapter 2, and I don't know, Sebastian, can you read from verse 42 onwards? Just a very warm, very fuzzy-wuzzy, very just uh, the, the mm. ideal picture here. Sure. Yeah. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. All right. And Jared, welcome to the show. This is yeah, like your first episode you. with us. We've been here for, for years yeah, <laughs> uh, in the book of Acts. Um, can you kind of kind of give us a recap of what's going on? Is, yeah. Or what's in, I, so I'm, far? I'm not going to use fuzzy wuzzy fuzzy as a descriptor. Wuzzy. Okay. But uh, I would say that there is warmth and really... Um, a depth of spiritual fellowship mm -hmm. that is really awesome and inspiring. These mm -hmm. people loved each other. They they knew they needed each other. I think for the the, the proclamation of the gospel that Jesus gave them uh, this command, which has already been uh, discussed, and it it knit them together in a way mm -hmm. that I think um, it, we're still trying to recapture this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Peter has just preached the Pentecost message, yes? Mm -hmm. And then now people have been rebuked and like, what do we do? Get re repent, be baptized, 3,000 baptisms. And now you see this really ideal community of the church happening. Mm -hmm. And it gives you uh, what the church should be in that yeah. ideal. Well, it's, this is, and, and I think it's important for us to stress this, that we're going we're to be looking at several chapters now. Yes. And what's important about that to me is, that this is now, the next few chapters are going to give us a response to what happened in Acts chapter 2. Mm -hmm. And something that is important for us to stress is that the response is a long-term change of life. It's a long-term behavior. It's not mm -hmm. just, all right, we hear the sermon, we're changed momentarily, and then we go back to Regular life as usual. Yeah. yeah. So now you have, you know, chapter upon chapter upon chapter that's going to express to us the impact that the message of a crucified, risen, and soon-coming Savior has upon the life of the believer. Mm -hmm. and, I think, and I think one of the other big pieces here is this concept of continued. Right. Yeah. And this concept of daily, 
right? Christianity was something that was experienced daily, right? It wasn't like, oh, we restrict it to one day a week or two days a week and that's it. And then everything else is kind of the rest of life. Mm -hmm. But for these people at that time, when they accepted Peter's appeal, it changed their daily life mm -hmm. and how they lived. I think that the tense of that, that verb is in that continual uh, progressive state, not mm -hmm. a punctiliar event that happened, it was just ended with, but it right. just continues on. I mean, let me, let me just throw this out. What's, what's the best part of that passage? What, what, what do you gravitate towards to? What, what, what do you not like or what, do you like everything? For <laughs> me, it's not just one thing, mm -hmm. but they're, they're together in the temple, mm -hmm. they're together in the homes. They're sharing meals, but more than meals, if someone had a need and I have something that I need to sell to support, I'm, you know, someone else, there's this level of communion and relational intimacy that I think is just incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, in some parts of the world you have what they, they, they use a bubble, they call it the bubble, whether it's a real estate bubble or an, ec mm. an economic bubble, where things are growing. They're growing in intensity, they're growing in reach, they're growing in so many ways, and, mm. and it's like a bubble, it just keeps growing, 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 and at some time, at it's some gonna, point, it's going to uh, pop, right? Yeah. What, what I gravitate towards here is continued steadfastly. And this, to me, is setting the stage for what is going to be happening throughout the rest of the book of Acts. And there is this continual growth that is intensifying more and more and more. And, and, and later on as we talk, we'll, we, can, we can see how that's going to happen. But you have the early church is not just growing num numerically. It's not just growing wide, but it's also growing in its depth, mm. uh, the depth of the experience, the quality and the quantity. Mm. And that's why I like continued steadfastly. You have this continual, which is maybe mm. in the scope, steadfastly continuing in its depth. And, and, yeah. and that's what I love about it's setting the stage for in, in intensifying of the Christian church, of the Christian experience, of the Christian reach, yeah. of the Christian message of the, of the Christ. Yeah. I think for Especially. me, where I gravitate to is right at the end is what the Lord is doing based on what the people are doing. Yeah. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily uh -huh. those who were being saved. So this whole concept of, you know, not that this is necessarily knocking aggressive evangelism, but I think it's showing the power of if your church, right, is this kind of engrossed Christian community that is, we're sharing meals together, we're worshiping together, we're praying together, we're learning together in the apostles' doctrine, that as you're doing that, God is bringing people to the church. Like evangelism wouldn't be so difficult because the community itself would draw people, yeah. right? And God would use that unity that's existing in the church and that fellowship to prick someone else's arm, like, man, yeah. I want that. Yeah, and, and people are, I think, hungry for this. Well, not I was just, just go, 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 then go, in the yeah. first century, but now. No, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. step on your point. No, 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 I, I was just going to say just exactly your point. I feel like today, especially with young adults, millennials, we're, we're yearning for what they had 2,000 years ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're stuck on our devices. We're wanting community. We're wanting to hang out. But when we're hanging out, we're so mindful of what other people are hanging out that we can't enjoy what we're doing now. <laughs> and so we're trying to have, we're trying to get this through technology. Mm. And technology has its limits. Technology cannot provide the social intimacy. Yeah. That technology cannot provide the spiritual. Technology is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it has limitations. Yeah. This, this is a very controversial movement mm. in the first century. 
And that, that, the very first part of 27 where it says praising God and having favor with all the mm -hmm. people. People mm -hmm. on the outside saw this and said, I like these people. people are awesome. Yeah. You know, there was no, you know, you, you think of Christianity and it has some of these sometimes um, negative social overtones or political overtones or, or whatever else um, that people have rejected Christ based on the church. Here, they're accepting Christ and accepting the message based on really what you said earlier, Israel, their steadfastness in the doctrine, yeah. which was transformative, and now it's reaching out into society. Let me ask you this question. Is this, some people read this passage and they say, like, this, this is a bunch of hippies, man. <laughs> this is a bunch, this is a cult, this is uh, communism, mm -hmm. you know, they're selling all their stuff. This is, uh, what? How, how, how do we answer that? Like, it's, it's not, yeah. right? Well, is it? The, well, the, the, difference, the difference is this is not humanly manufactured. Okay. It's a response to a divine uh, impact, Encounter. right? Yeah. And so what has happened, and what you were just saying about technology, you know, can't, can't reproduce this. It's not just technology. It's humans can't do this, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so technology is one way in which humans try to bring about this. Mm -hmm. And what the difference between the book of Acts and our attempts to bring this kind of a, of a picture is that we're trying to do this on human terms. We're trying to manufacture from a human perspective something that can only be manifested through divine power. And I think that influences people's perception of what's happening. Oh, this looks like a cult because in their mind, where have you only seen people living together, sharing food together daily, mm -hmm. worshiping together, continuing the apostles doctrine, mm -hmm. right? It just seems so in a human sense, like, oh no, there's something wrong with this picture, but it goes to show how far we've fallen, mm -hmm. right? Away from what God wants and his ideal and how much corruption we've seen in communities like this, that right. we now impose that on the biblical text right. to say, oh no, these guys were not even legitimate versus you can't explain it because it is supernatural. Right. I do want to stress something here, and that is that the reason why we have so many movements that try to reproduce this is because at the end of the day, the human heart yearns for something that only God can produce. Mm. And what is amazing about this passage is that God is literally responding to what the church is doing. Like what you said, the Lord is adding to the church based on what the church is doing with, you know, uh, continuing steadfastly in the doctrine and coming together. And so God responds to what we do. God constantly mm -hmm. responds to what we do. And so if we want to, if we want to see, right, if we want to see what the early church saw, then we have to make God respond to our experience like God is responding to the early, church, the, early church, the early church's experience. I would also add the fact that at the beginning of the text in verse 41, right, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. So mm. these are not just people who decided to, um, you know, join a local congregation and get together and like, man, I just like hanging out with you guys. No, this community was produced fundamentally by gladly receiving the word of God. Yeah. It wasn't this reticence. It wasn't this hesitance. It wasn't like, oh man, you know, the Bible says this. Oh man. They weren't complaining about, oh, I felt peer pressure to sell all my possessions and give to those who had need. It was genuinely out of the reception of the word of God 
that prompted that kind of experience. Yeah. And it was something that was objective outside of the community. They're all united upon yes. rather than themselves or then something inside or internal, which a lot of these other organizations are based on. They're all on each other. It's That's right. And it's transcendent. It's outside. It's transcendent. Because it's, it's not like you, you can preach the word, you can study the word, but you're not above it, right? Mm -hmm. we, we received the word. We didn't receive Peter. Mm -hmm. We didn't receive Matthias. We received the word. Mm -hmm. And this is what the word says, which means Peter doesn't have to be there for that doctrine to continue, that fellowship to continue. Mm -hmm. It's in us because it's in the word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we, we looked at the, really, the high points of the early church. When we come back, we're going to look at how some of these ideals get a little bit chipped off the edges in, the, in what happens to the early church. Come back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We were just reading Acts chapter 2, uh, 42 to the end there. And we just, man, this is just a really awesome picture of the early church. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want this. I want I want this every every week, every day. I just want to be part of that kind of community. Uh, we have a droplet of that community around this table. That's in, in right. A sense. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we let each other CDs and, and mm. gum mm. And, and, and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if, it's not done in a, in a glad way sometimes. Uh, but, oh, is that right? But yeah. Okay. It's brown. All right. Forget us. Forget us. Okay. And then so what happens in the narrative of Acts, is that uh, starting from chapter three and onwards? What's ha what, what happens, you guys? What are what are some narratives that kind of threaten or even in, in Expound, react to this? Yeah. yeah. So moving from chapter two to chapter three, yes. you see in chapter two what I would call really the community of of heaven. It reflects the the selflessness mm. of this kind of circuit of always giving, ever flowing love, always sharing with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the power of that mm -hmm. kind of leaking out, mm -hmm. right? The power of, of the gospel, the presence of God um, leaking out. And you see that in chapter 3 in the healing of the lame man. Yes. So when we get into the healing of the lame man, now you have everyday experiences are transformed to extraordinary circumstances. So Peter and John... They're going to the temple like they've done all their lives to pray at the very same hour. It, this is a routine event. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. and they see the lame man that they've probably seen there for a long time. Everyone's seen all the time. <laughs> same, same guy. Mm -hmm. But now that, that very mundane, very common experience all of a sudden has new meaning. It has a new approach. It, has, it becomes a new a new life, right? The new life challenge, right? Hey, hey, hey. So, so what, what happens is the, the Word of God, which is, I think it's, it's critical for us to emphasize even more, the Word of God, when we receive it gladly, it radically transforms our life. And so Peter and John, even though they're now doing things that they've done all their lives, there's new meaning to what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm, cool. Before Sebastian, yeah, yeah, yeah. the church is not some isolated thing away. You have a good time and you enter back into your normal life, not two mm. worlds, but you're saying is now it slowly impacts and uh, maybe infect is a wrong word, but yeah. but it expands infects, yeah. into the, 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 the regular world that makes it supernatural. Is, is, that, is that safe? Uh, sure, yeah, that's okay. good. That's All right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, that's the routine, right, that he's talking about is Christianity transforms the normal. 
mm-hmm. right? It transforms the what we may even call the supernormal. It's like man, it you, should, it should, it should transform yeah, that. It, should. And, it will, and, yeah. When and, and that's the result real. of what 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 um, Peter and John are experiencing is like, yeah, we're walking, but this time the spirit said something to them, yeah, right, and said, you know what? Look at me. Yeah, they yeah. told him, right, and then you know they told him to stand up, and the whole experience, right, begins to create this wave throughout the community because it said in. Acts chapter 2, there were many signs and wonders being done by the apostles. So what's significant about this one, right? And there was something that happened with this particular thing that it wasn't even just that the prayer time was routine, but miracles were routine for them. But this miracle was different because of what it produced. Jerry, you're going to say something? I was going to jump back and and, um, talk about the the supernatural that you were highlighting, right? Mm -hmm. Infusing. And I think that that comes from the personal presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. Teaching ministry of Jesus in Acts chapter 2, and then the healing ministry of Jesus starting to come to the, through the forefront, through the disciples in Acts chapter 3. Yeah. yeah, and this great controversy with spiritual entities behind the scenes. You have this ideal picture of the church, but these uh, evil forces are trying to peck away at this community. So you have in chapter four, yeah, Peter and John are arrested. I mean, they're using the the authorities at that time and and they're not discouraged one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's spend some time in chapter five, yeah? Which Can, can I, because I want to share something there in verse, in chapter three. Okay, quick. yeah, 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 chapter three. Because, you know, we, we're talking about the bubble and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. Notice how, like, at Pentecost, People are added to the to the church, right? Yes. Souls, the Bible says souls are added. Then we're talking about from souls being added to now it's making a shift from souls to believers. And we're going to see that progression. Going what verse from are, where, are you, where are you at? Well, it's it's now in verse 44, it's all who believed. And then we're going to... 44? Yeah, in verse 44 two. of chapter, chapter 2. Oh, two four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, then in verse, and then in chapter 4, it goes back to verse 4. Those who heard the word believed, and there's now 5,000 people that are added. Mm. So you're going from, you know, people, souls being baptized, and now people, now believers being baptized. Mm-hmm. So that there's this growth, this explosive growth, not just a wide growth, but also a growth in depth. And part of that is because I believe it's because of the experience in, in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John, they go to the church to pray. Someone is asking them for something. He's asking them for money. And Peter and John have no money. And so they say, look at us. The guy looks. He's expecting to get money. And then Peter and John responded like, it's a downer, right? Look, I know you want money, but I have no money. Silver and gold, they say, have I none? Mm -hmm. And I think this is, there's a radical shift, you know, and in in the way that the early church is, 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 is working. They acknowledge what they don't have. But then they say, but that which I do have, I give to you. And in today's society, too many times we we tell God, God, I can't serve you because I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. And the disciples say, look, we don't have silver and gold. But what we do have, we're going to give to you. And and what they do have is Jesus. The power of God. And the awesome thing is that in today's church, just like in yesterday's church, what we do have access to, even when, even if we don't have access to gold and silver, we do have access to Jesus, and we can give Jesus. Mm. And so it's, a, it's important for us to note, the disciples never gave this beggar what he was looking for. Mm. They gave him something that he was not looking for. Beautiful. And was and even greater than what he beautiful. was asking. Right. And so the Word of God has transformed. It has, it has controlled. It has infected. It has monopolized the life and the thinking of 
the church. And so this we, is what happens. We need to not always appeal and meet the needs of those around us, but even anticipate what needs they may not even have. Right. And so, the, and, and so this goes a little bit with the social justice and with, with all that's happening in society. Mm. You know, the needs of society are great and yes. they're demanding. People need, they want their needs met. And we, I'm not saying we shouldn't meet the needs, right. <laughs> but we don't have the resources and the capacity to meet the needs of everyone in the world. Right. And so rather than focusing on what we don't have, we should focus on what we do have as much as possible, supply those needs, but not get discouraged when we can't and say, look, we can offer you something even greater than what this temporal life has. To, yeah, silver and cool, gold. Cool, man. There's an intensity in the mind of the disciple. There's an intensity in the collective uh, workings of the church. And there's an intensity in God's manifestation, the manifestation of his power. Mm -hmm. And it, I would even it, add that there's now an intensity in the devil's response, right? Yes. And the fact that this particular miracle led to their arrest, right, mm -hmm. in chapter 4. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, this is great. This is powerful. Peter's preaching to the people in Solomon's porch. And then the priests come in and they're like, okay, we can't have this. Mm -hmm. Peter's been working miracles before in Acts chapter 2. But there's something about this miracle on the way to the temple. It's almost like Pentecost again, where God orchestrates things where it's like, well, just in time for Pentecost when, you know, thousands of people are coming from multiple countries to this one spot in the same sense at the hour of prayer when yeah. every other Jew would be there. Mm -hmm. You well, work people, this miracle. Yeah, more people responded to this. I mean, 5,000 people got right. baptized. As a from the routine yeah. hour of prayer than from the Pentecost, which is an annual feast. Right. Let's go to chapter 5 here. Let's go to chapter 5. Uh, this, this is beautiful, but I, there's something about chapter 5 that really sticks out to me in its... You know, we have such an ideal situation here. There are these normal instances that are becoming supernatural. And then kind of a kind of a downer story in the midst of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Jared, what's happening in chapter five with Ananias and Sapphira? So, a brief summary. Yeah. So coming out of chapter two and everything being common and selling to give, you have these people. They're going to sell some property. And with the money, they said, we're going to give you all the money. Well, then they start to think, well, you know, that's a lot of money and maybe we should keep some. So we're just going to keep a little bit, maybe a lot, and then tell them we sold it for this price. The only problem is, um, as Peter says, you're lying to God. You're mm. not lying to man. So I would say that, that in this story, we find, okay, chapter two, ch building into chapter three, miracles, there's a response of the church. Uh, the, the, the dominant religious structures of the day, mm -hmm. oppressing the growing movement and starting to push back. Yes. That's one thing. But the internal compromise, um, mm -hmm. that's something else. And we see that God deals very directly with this. And I think he does that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've seen external opposition. Now we see internal opposition mm -hmm. here. What are some other lessons we can get from chapter with five? The, with, the growth, with the growth and the power, increasing power of the Holy Spirit, you have Satan meeting mm -hmm. that. So at the very beginning, you have the early church. They're looking at themselves. How are we going to proclaim the gospel to the world if we're limited in everything? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll give you the gift of tongues. All right, now external opposition. We're going to pull in fear. So you're going to grow. God's going to give you success. All right, Satan's going to come at you. We're going to put you in jail. We're going to beat you. We're going to whatever. We're going to make you stop. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say no. God delivers them. And their prayer, which we we skipped over in Acts chapter three, after they've been beaten and after they've been threatened, their response is not 
God, deliver us from these people. The response is, God, give us boldness yeah. mm -hmm. so that in persecution, we don't stop being your witnesses. Mm -hmm. And so they respond, right? There's depth. And so God gives them success again. And then when Satan can get them through external persecution, he gets them now through internal, internal. hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. And so Satan's attacking at every personal, outward, internal uh, hypocrisy. And that's what happens with and, Ananias and, 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 and the great thing is he's named in verse 3. Right. It says, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? The first mm -hmm. time he's introduced in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. So now we have that Pentecost it's of great heavenly. Great controversy is totally happening. That's right. It's yeah. present. Yeah. Oh, we have Pentecost and heavenly realities. Well, now there's this dark side as well that's moving. And now Peter calls it out for what it is. Satan mm -hmm. has filled your heart. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I like verse uh, three. I mean, I don't like it, but I mean, it's, it's there's, there's like the point in um, Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. And then later in verse 4, you have not lied to men, but to God. There is mm -hmm. an equiv uh, equal, equal lies. The Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and there's yes. no doubt about it. The two, this, this is, the, you see the Godhead mm -hmm. in playing in this great controversy. There's Satan. There are these players, these actors, and this, and the church is this theater for that. Yeah. And, and God, and God feels like in, in, uh, in chapter four, verse 31, as they're praying, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And now here, Satan has filled Ananias' his heart. And so there's this, the great controversy is being played out in who do we surrender ourselves to? Who do we allow to fill, fill us? us? Mm. And so now you have Ananias being filled with, with the devil, which, by the way, Ananias uh, was probably a part of the early Christian church that is, you know, receiving the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Let me ask you God. a question. Isn't this kind of harsh for God to do, you know? So uh, that's the impression. These people lie, whatever. God's, you know, I'll just do better next time or whatever. These, these guys drop dead, right? Mm -hmm. And the way I see this is this is like the embryonic church. This is, there's a proverb that says, as the twig is bent, the tree is inclined, right? Mm -hmm. This is the infant church. Now, they're going to have challenges in the future, but essentially God, I think, is doing everything he can to protect them so that, um, that they can establish in power and be able to continue to transmit the gospel. God is going to take care of hypocrisy. We, we sometimes look at the church. We look, man, there's hypocrites here, hypocrites there, and we want God to respond to hypocrisy. And so God is responding here to hypocrisy, people who claim to take his name. And it's important for us to realize it's a serious thing to be called a Christian. Yes. And I think that's that's very critical is that God wants to preserve the purity of the movement. Yeah. Right. Because it's in the best interest of his name and of this controversy that what's happening with Ananias and Sapphira Human eyes will say, oh, this is harsh, like you were too hard. It's like this isn't even about just Ananias and Sapphira. This is about Satan and God, right, in this controversy and the part that they were being used as tools yeah. of how far they had fallen in the midst of such irrefutable evidence that God was present. I mean, Ananias and Sapphira filled with the Holy Spirit, working miracles, raising people. I mean, things were super turbulent back then, and you know, there was a great controversy happening back then, and stuff isn't any different today. The church, what the, the struggles that happened back then are the same struggles that happen today. God gave us the victory back then, God gives us the victory today as well. Amen. Hopefully, you will get the victory in Christ Jesus. That's our prayer. Hopefully, that's your prayer. We'll see you next week on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. 
Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.